Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Welcome to the session. I'm your host, Justin Crosley. We are back in the studio. An exciting show today. They're all exciting, but I get more excited about some than others. And uh, today we have uh, Sante Adarius, the star of Sante Adarius. Adair Paterno is in the studio with me. Welcome, I'm Adair. blushing, Justin. <laughs> You're a superstar. Super excited. This is amazing. I am. I'm so excited. It's fun to talk to you. I've only gotten to do interviews with you with other people. This is true. And so it was, it was just always shorter, and I get to dive into you, to what is behind Adair this time, and that's exciting. Oh, dear. So. <laughs> yeah, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa Pasuti is back in the studio co-hosting with me today from uh, Crooked Lane, of course. Welcome back, Teresa. Thank you. So excited. I'm excited for exactly the same reasons as you are. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, see, I knew you'd like this show, and yep. uh, it's worth the trek down from Auburn. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. I've been doing a lot of solo shows recently. I know. Well, you know, you just got to put me in, Coach, when you need me. I so. do. And sometimes I do. It's because Beer Week had me doing like a lot of collaboration shows where we had four or five guests in here at a time. Yeah. And so getting through those, I was like, I'm not going to make anybody drive down for that. Um, but Yes, happy you could make it down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. So, a uh, couple of things of business to get to real quick. Thanks to our sponsor, More Beer, the wonderful folks over at More Beer. Go to morebeer.com, check them out, and uh, leave a little note when you purchase. Tell them thanks uh, for supporting the Brewing Network, because I swear on everything that is mine and yours, we would not be here still without more beer they just supported us for so long go check them out at morebeer.com and check out their youtube page they're giving away stuff all the time over there and i just brewed a beer another beer with chris graham i heard this i brewed a pale ale a, a little over a week ago it's of on course. brand pale ale uh, yep yeah that's always what i brew i, I heard they're, i heard they're coming back in style oh they're coming back so in style <laughs> there we did a uh <laughs> we did a hop yep. grenade pale ale fest you know like Kind of like the Bistro IPA Fest. Yep. Nobody gave a shit, yeah. Adair. <laughs> <laughs> the brewers did. If, if we put pale ale on a beer, people don't want to buy it. I don't know why. It's like, oh. just, it's, it's, yeah. It's popular <laughs> here, actually. And that's, that's why great. we thought we could do it. Um, 
the brewers were so excited. Yeah, it's a it's a brewer's beer for sure. Yes. These days. Like for, for my spring beer festival, and eventually everyone signs up for it anyway, but it takes me weeks to get people to answer the email and yeah. say yes. When I sent out the pale ale email, immediately, like Everybody. within hours, everyone's like, yep. Well, I know Cellar Maker did a big pale ale event during beer week, and I don't know how well really? it was attended. Yeah, I, I don't know how it was attended because I had another event that conflicted with it, but they did like a pale ale festival. For, oh, I'm going to have to talk week. to them. Okay. Yeah, talk to, talk to Connor and Tim. I want to yeah, know how it went. You know, they're huge fans of the pale ale. They are. Yeah. And, yeah, they, and they, they were part of ours, too. They sent beer, so that yeah. was good. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I brewed a pale ale. Uh, we, I brewed it like... Um, Kind of a mix between the old Mission Street Pale Ale, oh, and love that, beer. Uh, that was yeah, um, and and then Liquid Gravity's new uh, new Pale Ale, yeah, because he brewed the original one too. So we kind of and anyway really? entering it into the National Homebrew Competition. That is so fun. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Like if you're sitting there, are you going to be broadcasting <laughs> yeah. the results? Yeah. But then your name gets called. Right. I'll drop everything. I'll let the cameras just do whatever they want. <laughs> it's going to be like a I'm, I'm really going to meta get my award. experience. Oh, yeah. yeah for oh, sure. Yeah, I'm just sure. cut to music. Yeah. Exactly. Just, just like, run away and it cuts <laughs> right. to music. Yeah. yeah. Just put that thing on the screen that's like... <laughs> brr, oh, like. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to give a really long like Oscars acceptance speech which is not allowed at the home you just get your medal and get off the stage but I know them and they can wait for me to give my speech. Yeah. I will have been waiting 18 years. Well, you can you can literally mic yourself up and like <laughs> exactly. have that going so when you get up there. Yeah, like yeah. I'm literally in control of the thing. So what are they going to sure. do? Yeah. I might give a 10 minute or you know? I, yeah, I think you should. I have so many people to thank. <laughs> yeah. Will you thank me up there, please? Of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I have two beers going into the competition, me and Chris Graham. So uh, one of them is the same as last year. We entered Tasty's Dortmunder. Oh, nice. Um, we messed that beer up. Mm. We didn't ferment it too great. Uh, we're entering it again. Did not mess it up. Tasted Good. it the other day. Good. And then, and then the pale ale. So we'll see how that goes. Right on, man. So that's fun. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. So and then at the same time, a little plug for Homebrew Con. It's in June. Go. It's in San Diego this year, and uh, I will be there. Um, okay. What else do I need to promote to you, real quick? Tickets are on sale for Spring Brews Festival. It's March twenty fifth. Rain or shine. So uh, go to thebrewingnetwork.com and get your tickets now uh, while they're still there. They're selling pretty quick, so uh, I don't want you to miss out on that. Go to uh, thebrewingnetwork.com and buy your Spring Brews Fest tickets. I, I have exactly sixty breweries signed up for it, uh, which is where we used to be pre COVID. We had gotten we had built it up that, but then. Last year, first year back, a um, bunch of breweries still were having trouble even staffing their, their tasting rooms. And so uh, lots had to kind of bail just to, just to stay in business that day, right? Yeah. This year, we're now, now I have to turn people away. We're maxed out at 60. Really? That's great. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Really it's going to be a hoot. Yeah. Yep. It'll be a good time. Our 12th year. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. 12 years. Yeah. Next year's 13, but I'm a very superstitious person. Just skip it. So I'm going to call it 14. And <laughs> and it would it would have been our 14th if it weren't for COVID. So oh, it's like it's like elevators and airplanes, yeah. right? Like no yeah. 13 Hotel room floors. Yeah. yeah. No 13th floor. So I'm just like no one's even going to pay attention, right? And but I will pay attention if I have to promote 13 all year next oh, year. Oh yeah. So yeah. I think I'm just just so you know. You didn't miss one if you're if you've been counting. 
Um, okay, and then uh, we're going to talk about it today, but the California uh, Craft Beer Summit is happening uh, next week. Starts March 19th through the 22nd. Uh, all three of us in this room will be there, and you can get your tickets at CaliforniaCraftBeer.com. It's a great summit. You'll hear more about it during the show today, but go get your tickets. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's fun, and it's pretty intimate, too. You really get to hang out and talk with, with, with the folks that you see there. It's not... It's not so big that everyone's just a, a face passing you by in the hall. So uh, go to CaliforniaCraftBeer.com and get your ticket. Um, if, you, if you have any interest in, in the beer industry, you're going to want to go to this summit with us. Uh, okay. And then lastly, hey, support all of our sponsors, the 21st Amendment, Williams Brewing, Beersmith Brewing Software, all of those people who keep us in business. Thank them from, uh, from me uh, for keeping us here. All right. That's it, Adair. Now it's all about you. Oh, fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I love talking about myself. Right. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's just start with the simple stuff, and that's the beer Beer. in our glass, right? What are we drinking? Okay, so I brought um, a beer of ours that I love but is underloved. It's called Summer Sapling. Um, This beer, we originally brewed this with um, Casita Brewing Company. So Ryan Witter, um, we met him when he was actually brewing at Hill Farmstead. Okay. He started a side brand out of Hill Farmstead called Casita with his wife, Mahalia. And they are lovely, lovely people. Hmm. Um, And they were on a cross-country journey after they left Vermont. And um, the first time we brewed this beer, we brewed this with him. So this is a Belgian-style blonde ale. Hopped pretty heavily um, to keep the acid down. Hmm. We um, uh, we just run it through our bottling line. So this actually doesn't see oak. It doesn't get our bugs, but our bottling line is full of them. We only ah. um, all of our bottled beers are mixed fermentation style beers. We don't <clears throat> we don't bottle anything clean in a 750 bottle um, we do have I should sort of backtrack we do have a smaller bottling line that we've started bottling 500 milliliter um, okay. like bourbon barrel aged beers on nice um, but our main bottling line is only mixed fermentation beers so this doesn't actually get hit with any bugs but we um, we run it through our bottling line and it just picks up you know whatever residue is in there sure does and then we condition it um, in the bottle for usually a minimum of about three months so it's bottle conditioned and I think it's just a nice <coughs> light um, sort of easy drinking beer with a with a bright but very light acidity. It's one of my favorite beers to drink with food. Oh yeah, um, you know, and kind of like lighter foods, salad, for instance, table beer. Table, it's a total table beer. There's yeah. no in the bottle conditioning. There's no bread either. Oh, there's bread. There's bread. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, we have bread everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, it's going <laughs> to pick it up coming through the mm-hmm. the lines, but you add that to the bottle conditioning as well. Is yeah. Uh, no, no, that's what I meant. We you don't, don't add any. No, 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 no. Okay. We, don't, no we don't pitch. We just, um, we, you know, we we add sugar, and um, let it do its thing with whatever it picked up on the bottling line. I see. Okay. Yeah. Got that it. That is that's so cool. I mean, what what I'm really happy to learn about this from a brewing standpoint is I don't love to have any wild fermentations happening in my beer either. Like if we do it wild, we're doing it in a barrel. But just to think that it's enough to run it through a bottling line. With sugar and having it pick up the bugs there. Yep. That's so, that's, yeah. You, like novel plenty. information for me. And we do me. clean our bottling line. I just want to make this sure. clear to yeah. the yeah. listeners <laughs> out there. This isn't yeah. like a disgusting bottle. I mean, we right. do clean it, but right. you know, there's only so much you can do with things like brat and lacto and, you know, all the little rubber pieces and parts, you know, they just pick, oh, for they sure. pick up bugs over sure. time. So, wow. Which is yeah. why like, like Russian River has separate hoses, separate everything. Separate for kegs. That, like, separate, separate building almost, yeah, really. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it does, you know, I, you were describing it even before the show. Uh, it 
it is not overly sour. Correct. But it picks up plenty of character. It sure does. I, I think it does. Yeah, it sure does. And you mentioned hoppy to keep the the um, acidity down. Mm-hmm. So the hops affect the pH of the beer? Yeah, the ho- I mean... Um, Typically, and I'm not a brewer, so I don't want to like get off course. But um, you know, typically, you know, if you if you're including more bitterness in the beer, it's going to help tamp down the lactic acid and the in the acidity of the beer. Okay. And so this is pretty highly hopped with um, noble hops. Got it. Um, Saz is one of my favorites. Saz is great. Um, I know. Mm, so delicious. It's, I know it's so good. Like that that can never go out of fashion for no, me right me neither. in fact some of the new hops like even the really new school dank hops to yep. me have like some of those saws characters that i that i like yep um yeah this is a great beer and it's great I, this particular bottle i mean honestly is a little the carbonation didn't get where i would like it to be so it's a little low. bit yeah it's a little low yep um but the flavor the flavors are still there that i really love yeah yeah love this yeah it's like just really low on tartness but like a lot of like apricot and like mm-hmm. peach, like really nice flavors. I got kind of a, I stirred it up a little when I was pouring it. So mine is a little different than yours. So I wonder if like Hello, some of the goodness. This looks a little yeah. more spritzy. It does. It's honestly, it's great. It's really mm-hmm. good. Like the <laughs> the lower carbonation isn't bothering me, but I could see how it could improve with a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this one, because, you know, we're not, we, we, we don't know, we, we don't send it off to the lab before we bottle it. Um, so um, we have had batches of it that were very spritzy. Mm. Um, and again, this one is seems to, this particular bottle seems to be particularly low because I had a bottle the other day that was, um, had a lot more carbonation. A lot more. This one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind it in this setting. I could, I would want more carbonation if I was having it with food, like Absolutely. you mentioned, just a little more effervescent to help the palate. Absolutely. Um, but as a sipper like this, no problem at yep. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were, if I've done my research correctly, you were a lawyer in your former life. Yeah, kind of, don't, you're not supposed to tell me that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, how, what got you into into brewing? Like, specifically... Drinking beer? Yeah, is no. that it? I mean, basically, you know, I started... Um, Tim Clifford and I started the brewery together, so yeah. it wasn't just me. And um, he, you know, he b- before he and I were business partners, we were partner partners, and we just re- we just really got into beer. Um, and you know, we planned trips around brewing. We actually our first homebrew kit we bought in. We were living in Charleston, South Carolina, um, in the later 1990s okay. and it was all malt extract at that time sure yeah. so we were making disgusting malt extract <laughs> beers right. in our apartment um and then we sort of put it down for a while but we always the brewing piece of it but we always loved the drinking of beer and always mm-hmm. sought out you know all the best beers we could find and then um we both went away to we went to grad school and then tim actually started working after grad school at um one of your sponsors Williams Brewing. Oh yeah, and worked there for a long time, and was um, really in charge of doing a lot of test brewing for them. And so that sort of reignited for him, at least, the brewing component of the passion, the drinking passion we had sort of maintained through all of that time. But sure. that was like in two thousand and three, four, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, and so that was what sort of um, you know started the whole brewery. And not a lot of people were you know we started making a lot of mixed fermentation bre- uh, beers at our brewery early on, and not a lot of people were home brewing them at the time. Right. Yeah. And so there wasn't a lot of information out there about how to make these beers. But people like Tommy and Vinny, mm-hmm. in particular, um, 
you know, were so helpful and provided so much knowledge to homebrewers right. about how to make mixed fermentation beers at home. So we just had carboys. Like we lived in Oakland at the time, we had carboys all over our apartment <laughs> with various experiments happening. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and even and when did when did Sante open first? Um, we opened in 2012. 12, so okay. we started making beer in 2011. Um, but you know, our first beers out of the gate were an IPA, of course. Um, but we had a a Belgian style triple, and we had uh, mixed fermentation saison actually in the tanks at the at the time that we opened. It just they you know those take a long time yeah, to make, so of course. we didn't come right out of the gate with those. Tough way to start. Tough yeah. way to start. Yeah, <laughs> actually, honestly, I think we started with four beers, but it was a yeah. different time then. It was people different, were yeah. a lot more forgiving in 2012 <laughs> than they are now. <laughs> and and frankly, <laughs> it, uh, buying more, experimenting more with beer, yes. right? Yeah, anything new was like, sure, I'll take it. Totally. And yeah. now. Boy, anything new, you got to prove to them that you went and got the best hops in the world and that you're the coolest person in the world. Like, yeah. It's gotten a little tougher. Yeah, it's much different. So you guys, though, clearly were most inspired by the Belgian traditions, though? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, really Cezanne in particular. Okay. Um, so, like, you know, we're drinking a Belgian, a, a bl- more of a Blondale style right now, but um, Cezanne's in particular were just the style that we, we were hop heads prior to that. You know, mm. we drank a ton of IPA. Um, my first favorite beer ever was Liberty Ale way back when, which they never called an IPA, but oh, we yeah. all know li- Anchor Liberty Ale was, you yeah. know, yeah, it was, which is what I could get in South Carolina when we lived in South Carolina. Um, but Cezanne really, once once we sort of discovered Cezanne, um, it became just this really interesting journey um, of flavor for sure. us. Um, and, you know, they're very simple flavors, but they're very, um, again, food, sort of food focused, really easy to 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 drink with food. Um, there were so many interesting ones coming out of Belgium. Um, mm-hmm. I know Fantome these days is, you know, mm-hmm. fun yeah. and can be hit or miss, but you, there was sort of a, this like amazing period of time where Fantome beers were just like hitting on every yeah. Um, yeah. mark. Um, DuPont, of course, was Wonderful very inspirational. Beer. Yeah, I mean, to this day, it was funny. We actually held a Saison event at my new Oakland location hmm. during beer week. And I thought, okay, no one's going to come to a Saison event because, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know people don't drink Saison. Yeah. But it was our busiest event of the entire week. It really? was great. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I brought in great beers from um, from <clears throat> other sort of more modern takes on the Saison style. Fair Isle out of mm-hmm. Washington, which is who are doing great Saisons right now. Okay. If you're not drinking them, you should be. Okay. They're wonderful. Um, just sort of their base Saison, the um, Madame Argal, I believe it's called, which is, I think, named after a flower. Okay. Um, is fantastic. Um, so we had them. We had Keeping Together, who is Avery Swanson. Um, oh, yeah. The former head brewer from Jester King. Nice. Um, and we had Corey um, King from Side Project. Mm-hmm. Come, He actually came out and brought some of his Saisons. So we had some more modern ones, but then we threw all the classics on, too. Wow. And it was really fun to kind of have this, like, classic... Belgian list yeah. along with these newer Saison uh, brewers. Even the Belgians, I think, would say you're crazy yeah, they, they, th- they, totally. that it wouldn't work. But I'm so glad Packed. it worked. Yeah. Packed. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, it sounds yeah. incredibly educational and fun. Yeah, yeah. it was really fun. I, I, it, I was so happy to see so many people out drinking Saison on a Saturday in yeah. February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, actually. It's it's such an interesting beer that, that new drinkers will think it's new. Oh, what's this new style that right. you're talking about? Um, that's great. Well, you mentioned Oakland, so it's a good time to talk about some of your your growth uh, since you've opened. Uh, so Capitola was your first brewery? Yep, Capitola's yeah. where the brewery is. Yeah. Um, 
to, still to this day. Um, we started there five units in this big building. We were a unit. 103 when we started literally just unit 103 okay which is tiny yeah like less than like 3,000 square feet probably wow um and we're now units 105 101 through 105 so we have the whole building now sort of as tenants moved out we um just kept taking just sort of kept taking over their um spaces so we kind of have the the whole unit it's it's in an it's not a romantic location we're at an industrial park at the end of a frontage road (laughs) (laughs) right it's still a great spot though the tasting room's beautiful the tasting room's great yeah yeah Yeah. my covid patio is beautiful yeah yeah hopefully the city will let me keep it hang on to that covid patio i know my covid patio is amazing (laughs) yeah we repurposed all of our pallets into flower planters oh there you go yeah nice i gotta visit and look this up like yeah always looking for ideas but it's fun back there actually because we um it is a destination obviously and when you get back there you kind of feel like you found something and it's kind of private back Mm. there Mm -hmm. so anytime we have an anniversary celebration or party of sorts we have it back there so that was the original Um, five years after that we opened another tap room, more sort of centrally located in town in Santa Cruz. Okay. Um, we called that this, we needed to sort of differentiate them. We called it the Santa Cruz Portal because it's across the street from a par- El Portal Park. So, oh, yeah. and it's just kind of become known as the Portal. Nice. Um, that one has a food component. Um, which has turned out to be great, but honestly, I did not want to have food. But I, is it <laughs> is it not food that you manage? I, it looked not like not anymore. It was, it okay. was. I see. so before the pandemic. It was okay. Um, the city of Santa Cruz would not let me open a tap room without providing you know meals essentially. Interesting. So I had to build a kitchen, um, and uh, Chris Pester was our head. Um, you know, managed our kitchen at the time, and the food was very good. But then pandemic happened. Um, unfortunately, all those people sort of went away, mm-hmm. except Chris. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were getting ready to reopen, I, Tim and I had made the decision that we didn't want to manage the kitchen anymore. So I have a great Detroit-style pizza um, smart vendor making pizza in the kitchen there. And he's killing it. He, he People love the pizza. Um, he's busy all the time. It brings us business. It really is a win. I mean, it's another business partnership, so you do yeah. have to contend with that. But it's it's been a win win for us. That's um, great. And, yeah, and he's like a um, he's he worked at Michelin star restaurants before, and now he's making pizza, which oh, is wow. pretty fun. So the pizza's pretty. I bet it's know, pretty good. It's really good. I'll I bet, bet he's also very particular. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. It's okay. He knows it. He must know it by, by now. You don't get to work that way. He told way, me one yeah. time that he's always going to do things the hard way. <laughs> hey, at least he's honest. Yeah. 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 But it's fantastic. And it's been good. And it's brought in, it's been really interesting to sort of see people's expectations of what kind of experiences they want to have post pandemic. And I do think that having a food component um, is really helpful in a way that prior to the pandemic, I think people didn't seem to care about it as much yeah but now they really sort of want to have that whole experience in one place yeah it's interesting that you say it that way because i i guess i hadn't really thought about it but i think that's the same here yep i thought it was because in my particular location we've lost about three restaurants around me and we only we have a pretty limited menu you can have full meals here but it's limited we just have a little prep kitchen yep but 
yeah, I guess maybe it's not just that we've lost restaurants around. I do think that you're right. People kind of want more of a one-stop shop. They than do. They, they're not spending four hours out anymore. No. Nope. It's just a quick outing, right? No, because now they have Netflix and Hulu yeah, and yeah. all the things. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So I think people want to go out. They want to spend maybe a couple hours at one place. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. drink, eat, do all the things, and then they're going to go home and do what they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's just been an observation that I've had. Yeah, yeah. Post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, yep. yeah. Okay, and then you've just opened a third location. Yes. Yeah. Uh, June of last year, we opened in the old Trappist location mm-hmm. in Oakland. Um, I love that spot. I love... So, uh, you, we were talking before the show. Yeah. I lived just up the street from that spot um, when they opened, mm-hmm. which was back in... I, 2007. Okay, yeah. Um, when Chuck and Aaron opened that place, and I don't know if you remember, it was just like this narrow little shotgun that it didn't yep. have the side room with the bigger space. It didn't even have a patio. It was just this tiny little spot. I mean, it could maybe have, hold like 20 people. Yeah. Um, Nicole Ernie was the mm-hmm. one of the original bartenders there, um, and she would hold beer classes, and it was just this really exciting. The the East Bay, at least Oakland, you know, we had, you know, Cato's and we had Ben and Nick's and we had some of these, you know, places where you'd hang out, but we didn't really have like this, like a Belgian beer focused bar. And yeah. so it was so exciting when, when it opened. So I've always loved that place. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to take over the space, yeah. um, to be completely honest, I was not looking to have another tap room. It, okay. You know, it's sort of at a part like this is, you know, things are working, you know, running tap rooms is, yeah. you know. Not it's, great. it's great, but it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And um, but I just really felt like um, because of the history <clears throat> and sort of tradition of beer there, I really wanted to preserve it. Yeah. And if you've been to the space, I mean, we definitely sort of made it ours. But you'll walk in and you and you know it's a Trappist. Oh, that was my next question because I haven't been yet. Forgive me, but yes. yeah, okay. So it's still yeah, and that's yeah. how you, you want it to be. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. did have to take down. You know, it's so funny to see how. Uh, you know, people's uh, likes around decor have changed. Um, all the old dusty beer bottles that we all used to love to put up on our yeah. shelves. Um, yeah. pe- people don't like that anymore. No, no it's that's like clutter now <laughs> yeah. to people. It's you know, it's like hoarding. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we did have to remove. You know, the Trappist had a crazy. Um, collection of beer <clears throat> bottles that were just sort of displayed all around the place. So we sure. kind of we sort of took down a lot of that stuff and made it a cleaner space. But it's still very much um, feels like a blend of us and the Trappist, and That's that awesome. was what we were trying to do. I, I and wanted still has to make the side room too. Still has the side room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Aaron, um, Chuck, I think Aaron bought the business from Chuck years ago mm-hmm. or a certain number of years ago. So I just dealt with um, Aaron and he had actually reached out to me okay. um, to say, hey, you know, like I'm looking at doing something else. Is this something that you would be interested in? He 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 built that space out. He and Chuck did with yeah. their own hands. And so he really wanted to make sure that someone took it over who would take care with it. Sure, yeah. yeah. And you can't pass up that opportunity even right. if you didn't feel like you were quite ready yeah, for I that. Yeah, I wasn't ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even not quite ready. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I would have done the same. I mean, it's just such a cool building. Um, I like the location. Yep. We were saying all downtowns are a little difficult right they now, are. so that might be tough. But yeah, it's also tough to just keep putting things on hold, isn't it? You, it is. Sometimes you just got to go for it. You just got to go for it. Yeah. yeah, I have a great staff there. Um, one of the best things that I inher- I, I not even inherited because he obviously made the choice, but um, the manager who had managed the Trappist for years, he came along with me. 
And, you know, I live in Santa Cruz. Um, I come to Oakland. I usually try to come one or two days a week. That doesn't always get to happen. But without Ruben Dominguez, mm-hmm. um, th- that place would not run. Wow. So big shout out to Ruben. That's who, great. Um, kills it kills it at that location. That's awesome. Yeah. And was it a fairly quick transition for from the Trappist closing and and you get you acquiring it? You know, they, you didn't have to do too much build out? Yeah, they closed um New Year's Eve 2021 okay. was their last day in business. Um and honestly the only thing that held things up were the ABC. Um oh, right. it that it just sort of for whatever reason the ABC was in the process of transitioning where applications went from local offices to Sacramento and we kind of got wrapped up in all that. So I see. ABC took a long time, but other than that, it was, you know, it's pretty much just me and Ruben in there, yeah. um, you know, taking down old dusty bottles and <laughs> <laughs> figuring it out. Figuring it out. Well, when I heard about that, I was uh, both jealous and happy that you, because I just thought you were a perfect fit too when I, when I heard about yeah. it. I was like, Okay. Yeah, Sante's probably an even better fit than the hop grenade. That's yeah. a good. Uh, yeah. That's a good fit. Well, because we have this, you know, we make all kinds of beer, but you know, honestly, our love, you know, since our love is saison and Belgian style beers, you know, they, they it really does have that European vibe to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole all the, you know, all the tap handles, everything's from Belgium. It's um, it, it it just feels very European, so it felt sure. it felt like a good fit in that way. Yeah, and it to me, it's it's your brand, but. With a little different twist than your other locations, yep. too, because of that, because it's a bit more Belgian, a bit more European than it your is. others, right? So. And as a result, we, um, you know, it's been really interesting to see what peers sell at different locations. Oh, yeah. And with pizza, I mean, we sell IPA out the yin-yang, right? Okay. Because yeah. that's just what people are drinking with pizza. I mean, we, we, we sell Belgian-style beer, too, but in Oakland, I think because there just was that history hmm. um, there, we the the mixed fermentation beers, um, anything Belgian style moves. It I mean it just flies off the wow. shelves, basically. Okay. So it's been kind of fun to sort of see, you know, what different drinkers are you know what drinkers are drinking at different locations. And also for you to be able to not just fun to to find that out, but for you to be able to move different types of beer. Absolutely. And it's, it's you know way more diversified that way. Way more diversified. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, and this is why I'm mad at myself, I haven't been there yet. The thing I liked a lot about the Trappist is I can bart there super easy. Super easy. Twel- 12th Street Bart. Yeah. It's one of the mm-hmm. only great beer spots that I can think of that's right near a bar. I mean, yep. there are others, but like, yeah. So that one's just a quick jaunt from here. Yep. So I'll be there soon. Yep. And I'm going to give a shout out to my friends at Cellar Maker because they're opening up a spot um, in Jack London, like I think any moment. Now, oh, they right. had like yeah. a yeah. bottle sale there this last weekend. So, um, and, and there are already great breweries down in um, in Jack London already. And obviously oh, yeah. you've got Ghost Town over in West Oakland. So that whole Oakland area um, is really starting to be a, a pretty awesome beer destination. I agree. We, we did look at a spot right across from... I think it was right across from the Fox Theater. Yeah. That was in January of 2019. Uh, No, no, no. January 2020. Forgive me. So, and it was a turn, like almost turnkey. We had closed our Colorado location and we're kind of, I still have all of that shit sitting in a container. So we had enough to open a new place. And I was like, "I I think maybe we should do this. And at the last minute, I got cold feet and I pulled out. And I couldn't be luckier because I mean, that was January of 20. Yeah. I went to New Zealand for hop harvest in February and boom, pandemic. Yep. 
I was so. supposed to go to New Zealand in March for Hop Harvest, like three days after the world oh, shut down. Oh, right. man. Yeah. Heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I stayed there a month, so it shut down while I was there. Uh, I've told this story too many times on the air, so I'll tell you off the air if you want to hear it. Yeah. But I did get stuck there. and But I just remember the sigh of relief that I didn't sign that lease. Absolutely. Um, although now, I... I like you're saying, I really love Oakland and as yep. as a as a beer spot, and I'm happy that there are still breweries growing there rather than just shutting down. Right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, it, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of hope for the beer scene in Oakland. Yep. Um, the so. whole Temescal neighborhood is killing it right now. Oh yeah. Um, you know, in no small part because of Temescal Brewing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The area around the Fox Theater is killing it right now. Oh uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Damn COVID. Yeah, damn COVID. (laughs) Let me get us to a quick break. Uh, We're going to take a break. That way we can get some more beer in our glass. We are hanging out with Adair from Sante Adarius, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the session. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're still here talking to Adair from Sante Adarius, and we've got a new beer in our glass. This one, this one, an actual mixed fermentation beer, right? Yeah, this is um, this is a beer called Past Remembered. This was one of our club beers last year. We have since made it again. Um, it's a barrel aged saison that we um, dry hop pretty heavily with a bunch of aged hops. So you get that sort of cheesy, funky, mm-hmm. almost lambicky nose and flavor profile. Um, believe it, like I feel like the dry hopping even kind of hits the flavor. Yeah. Um, so this is one of my this is my favorite club beer of last year and one of just one of my favorite beers. To me, it's kind of got the best things about saison and the best things about lambic mm. kind of put together. That sort of cheesy um, quality, but with a, a lighter. Um, uh, uh, tartness profile than a, than a traditional lambic would. Yeah, but the old hops that is a traditional method. Right? It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you age them yourselves or do no, you? No, we buy them yeah. aged. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you have to hunt. Yeah, we've had to hunt for them. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. What an interesting thing because oh, it takes up room in somebody's warehouse, <laughs> right? But um, yeah, yeah, I wondered about that. Oh, this now, is a great beer. Are the hops like pelletized? Aged, no, they're or no, they're, whole cone. They're whole cone. <clears throat> Hmm. Yeah, they're oh, whole interesting. Yeah, they're so whole, they're just, whole but they're they're stored like cool still, right? No, no, no. Frequently, people, um, uh, I've seen them store. Jester King does it themselves actually, and they store them like in a barn and rafters essentially. Oh, really? So sort of the idea is you just so sort like, of store them and get them to kind of pick up whatever. Mm. Yeah, um, is in the so no, not not stored cold. Oh, okay, at all traditionally. Um, so we actually still have we have some from the last batch, and they're, we're just storing them. They're not. In our walk-in well, yeah. with all our other hops. Just leave yeah. them. <laughs> and there's no fruit in this beer. There's no fruit in this beer. Yeah, because it, well, like you said with the last beer, Teresa, you get some of those, like, you know, stone fruit coming out. Yeah. But this one, so much even more. Really yep. more, yeah. Um, yep, no fruit. Wow. And yeah. do you guys have, like, a house, mm-hmm. yeah, like. Our back- house culture is, um, has a lot of stone fruit um, okay. characteristics. Um, a lot of peach, mm-hmm. um, nectarine, um, sometimes sweet tarty even. Um, but this is the sort of house uh, culture mm. that we, um, that all of our beers have this, This all of our mixed fermentation beers have this uh, culture in them. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that is just delicious. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's, it's beautiful beer. 
I'd sign up for the club for that. Oh, 100%. I'm like, club? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm taking notes. Uh, if you're but listening the... right now, you can go to rusticales.com <laughs> and uh, you can see at least the probably a, a menu of the beers we're talking about uh, and see if you can sign up for the club. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world why not everyone does these kind of beers, but like, I feel when you get into beer and like you said, you become a total hop head because you're exploring all those hop flavors and right. then you start exploring delicate flavors. And I swear all roads lead to Belgium. Like yeah. once you mm-hmm. really start appreciating Belgian beer, it's like you've found your way through craft beer, but like this is yeah, just so Thank awesome. You. Yeah. I love this is, this is probably my favorite beer that we put out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, club or not club. Okay. Um, it, it, it's not one of our, you know, our fruited beers are the ones that get, all the attention um not from club members necessarily but just from the general public i would say um but this this is really what i like to drink i like to drink just like a nice delicate um saison yeah that's that's my jam well and also with this one it's not too puckering it's not too acidic or sour that's really tamped down i think um, do you have a person who's in charge uh, of your mixed fermentation program specifically, or is it sort of? No, nope, it's sort yeah. of spread. We have four. We have four brewers. Um, Chris Pester, mm-hmm. who uh, we're going to sort of go back in time to when he worked in my kitchen. Chris, um, who I had gotten from um, a bakery, okay, um, loves all types of fermentation. He he worked at a um, he made you know naturally leavened bread was sort of his thing for a while, and then he came and managed my kitchen. Well, when the pandemic hit, I didn't have a kitchen anymore. And so I was just, I didn't want to let him go. So I was just sort of finding odd things for him to do. And then we ultimately needed another brewer. And um, Chris wanted to sort of try out for the role. Hmm. And um, and he's been great at it. And because of his specific interest in, you know, fermentation yeah. specifically, yeah. Um, he he loves this program. It's just sort of like his, when he has the opportunity, this is his baby. But honestly, uh, Tim built the mixed fermentation program, and it, okay. we're all just sort of managing it And now. guiding it along and now. And guiding yeah. it along now, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we know what the flavors are supposed to taste like. Um, we do have our culture banked. Um, if, you know, if anything ever goes crazy and everything starts to taste terrible you can um, restart it yeah because yeah. you can get off the rails you know absolutely <laughs> so, and, and relatively quickly i would and think pretty quickly yeah. yeah yeah no we we you know we dump plenty we have dumped plenty of beer over the years okay yeah do you guys so you have a big old barrel room i would imagine we do yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. we have a we so i have the five units i was talking about one of them pretty much the whole warehouse um part of that unit is all mixed fermentation barrels and then we have okay. a separate area where we keep clean barrels okay um different room and entirely. for f- for tasting and blending it, th- you guys do that as a team yep. then to figure out yeah typically okay. all right yeah typically i mean we have some brands obviously that um you know we know what they're going to be but you know the club has been really fun for us because it allows us to be experimental mm. and to um put things in bottles that were like let's just see how this turns out like m- maybe it'll be a club beer maybe it won't maybe okay. it'll be something else um and so that's been a really fun program um for us and and a number of beers that we've made for the club then go on to be you know regular releases okay nice um because they're a, such a hit that you just you can replicate it absolutely yeah okay 
Yeah, I mean, we've had some club, beer, club beers that we can't replicate, and of course, those are the ones that everybody's like trying to find. Can we get this beer? No, you can't get that beer. I don't know. We don't have to, black were, market somewhere. Yeah, they were like orphan barrels of saison that we blended together. Yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> I love that though. That's fun. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> everyone chasing their whales though. Yeah. It's oh, so it's funny. it's so annoying for us, like <laughs> trying to learn how to do this because we're like sitting in the talk, like it's, the room is packed. Everyone's like. Yeah, <laughs> drop some nuggets, and they're like, uh, "We just, I don't know, we just put these things together, and we just put that same thing in the barrel, and it, it worked." Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's I, I, but I know it's so it's so hard. You have to you have to earn it, and then even when you earn it, like you're still dumping tons of beer. Like oh, we dump saying, tons of beer. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, every year we dump we dump a decent amount of beer. I mean, yeah. I think if you're not dumping beer then you're probably putting out stuff that doesn't taste very good. Yeah, yeah true. Because not every batch of beer turns out exactly right. the way that you want it to. Especially. Especially not, these beers. Yeah. Especially these beers. Well, and yeah. we've all had beers from those breweries that are not dumping out enough beer. Yes, so. we have. Yeah. And you know what's bummer about that, too, is it's not good for the industry it's either. It's not. I'm, and um, I'm going to get on my little horse about mixed fermentation beer. It's mm-hmm. really, I think, was bad for mixed fermentation because I think a lot of people sort of jumped into that mm-hmm. and um, didn't understand the fermentation and just thought that if you had any sour profile, then it was a good beer. Right. And it wasn't necessarily a good fermentation um and i think a lot of people had a lot of bad beer mm-hmm. um you know we're lucky in that i think we came sort of before that happened and so we had already built a reputation that we um we only put out stuff that we can we stand behind mm. um but i think that if, you know if you were trying to sort of make build a mixed fermentation program now you know these beers don't sell particularly well right we, these are not <laughs> These did not pay for my Subaru Crosstrack. <laughs> right. Just very fancy. Just so you know. Yeah, 2016 yeah. Subaru Crosstrack. So right. not pay for this. No. Yeah. Um, these are just sort of a labor of love. and um, Right. Yeah. It's funny because there was a moment that it looked like the these were going to make or break people, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the price of Cantillon had quadrupled, like everyone was getting in on it. But then, yeah, then people kind of messed it up. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, it turns out it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. They know. A lot <laughs> of people messed up. And I think people tried to take shortcuts. You know, people right. were just quick souring stuff. You know, they're throwing lactic acid at things. They're, you know, doing, you know, there are all these other quick souring techniques that people were using, getting, you know, all kinds of barfy flavors. Yeah. Um, and if you have one of those, in like that might have been your entry point because the price point was where you were willing to kind of take a chance. If yeah. that was what you tasted first, you're not going to come back and try something at a higher price point. Because, right. yeah. um, you know, these beers take us a minimum of a year usually. Yeah. So, and you know, that's an expensive proposition. It in is. In a place like California where your main one of your main costs is real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's a good point about the, the entry-level beer, too, it, for me, for my first sour beer, yeah, um, and I was broke. I had just started the Brewing Network. All my money, you know, every, I was living on a credit card, right? But and then I saw the price of this bottle of Cantillon, yeah, a small bottle, by the way, three. What are they? Three fit three seventy five. Um, you know, and it, it was like forty dollars, right? It's me and my girlfriend at the time, but I just thought I have to see why. I have to see what the the hype is about. Yeah, and it's the best decision I ever made. Like, it's probably still the best $40 I ever spent. I mean, it sent me on a sour beer journey. Right. Right? Um, because it was so delicious. It was of such high quality, right? They're, you know, And, they're, of course, they're legendary. Right. But I think you're right. If I had tried, 
Schmo's Brewery Sour at that time in my life, I also would have been like, nope, no sours for me. Yep, like these are gross. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to come back and have any more of these. Right. So I guess I just sort of reiterate what you said and bring that up again to hammer it home to any new listeners. Uh, yeah, if you're gonna try a sour beer, don't don't cheap out. Don't cheap out. You know, if you cheap out, it probably means that they did not ferment the flavor profile that the the, the, the tart or sour flavor profile. They probably yeah. took some type of a quick. Um, solution or added just added lactic acid to it or you know citric acid or whatever to make it sour um, but didn't actually ferment the flavors and I think what makes these beers taste unique is the fermentation of the flavors and mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. you know um, it takes a long time to coax this type of a flavor out of um, out of the beer so yeah. you can't get that in a in a 14-day fermentation. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can get something. You'll, you'll yeah. get something. But you're not getting that. You'll get something. Yeah. yeah. And so that's part of what you're paying for is the time. Right. Um, that it takes to make. Sure. To that make makes sense. Beers. No, yeah. that's a wonderful, wonderful beer. Yeah. Thank you. Well, speaking of learning things and taking time, let's talk a bit about the uh, California Craft Beer Summit. Uh, so it's back in person this year. Talked about it with Julian on the last show, too. Um, I'm excited that it's back. Me, too. Um, yeah, this, the speaker list is incredible. Um, I'm actually helping with, with I'm helping Chris White with, uh, oh, great. with, with a talk with him. Great. Um, so that's good. And, and we're Are gonna, you moderating? Well, in a sense... But it's just me and him. So it's more of like a fireside chat type mm-hmm. thing, I guess. Oh, because you uh, don't know how to do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they asked me, I was like, yeah, so I, I just hang out with my friend Chris and talk. You just talk to him. Okay. Yeah, that works. I think we're going to, although I do like a couple of our topics, I think we're going to talk about, um, it sounds a little egocentric for the West Coast, but we're going to talk about like what makes West Coast beers different. Why are West Coast IPAs the best IPA? I know I'm, you listeners. I'm right, I'm right there with you. I, I, know, like, yeah. I, I have listeners everywhere. <laughs> I and they're like, I'll be in the audience. Yeah. They're like, here he goes, Justin and his California beers, whatever. But um, I'm excited to, what I'm excited about is to hear Chris's um, scientific perspective on that. Yeah. Because what, if we're going to talk about the West Coast IPAs and what makes them different, we're going to talk about yeast, right? So, right. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to do that with him. That's exciting. Um, so that'll be great. Um, there's uh, all kinds of great speakers. Um, it's put on, of course, by the California Craft Brewers Association, which you are a former chair I am a former chair. Yeah. Yep. I'm a, I'm, I was a chair. Oh, I got to be chair in 2020. Oh, good for you. <laughs> oh, what fun. <laughs> wow. That was fun when we got to lay off half the staff. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Not a fun year. I mean, I yeah. didn't get to lay, but yes. Yeah. It was, it it was, was happening. Yeah, yeah, it was happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, th- but that, or the California Crop Brewers Association, most people, um, particularly consumers, I think, or, you know, or people are just sort of, you know, a beer drinker or whatever, don't un- sort of understand what trade associations um, do to make the things that they love happen. Yeah. And um, the reason we have such a vibrant craft beer community um, and why you get to choose from so many different craft beers in this state is in part because of the California Craft Brewers Association. I mean, obviously we have a lot of great brewers here, yeah. but because of the, the way that the uh, CCBA has lobbied um, the legislature on behalf of those craft brewers has allowed us to have a lot of the privileges that have kept uh, the small guys in business. So right. that's why we can have tap rooms. Um, some states you can't have a tap room if you you can't ship to you can't ship to your consumer in some states. Right. There are a lot of things you can't do that um, that you can do in California, and that is in very large part um, because of the California Craft Brewers Association. So I've been honored to be on the board for 
almost nine years. Nine years. Almost nine years. Yeah, you were saying you're about to term I out term even. I term out at wow. the end of this year, which makes me feel kind of old. <laughs> oh, no. Actually. Um, because when I started, I have to tell you, when I started, um, Natalie Chalurzo was on the board. And yeah, I, yeah. you know, I had only been... Uh, I'd only owned the brewery for a few years at that point. We'd only been open for a few years. I think you have to have been in business for at least three years or something to, mm. to be on the board. Um, and so I was like so starstruck of, you know, Natalie and David Walker was on the board. Yeah, and right. I mean, all these people who I'd really looked up to as just sort of a beer nerd, honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to sit on this board um, with them, which I think was in no small part because I had been a lawyer and they needed new bylaws. <laughs> oh. Like, let's go to Adair. Y- yes. Yeah. So I got, to, that was one of my first uh, assignments. Uh. <laughs> Helping you rewrite Casually the put that in front of you. Yes. Welcome to the board, yes. Adair. Yes. Here's your binder. With, with Chris Kramer, I want to give all due respect. With Chris sure, Kramer yeah. from Carl Strauss, who okay. is also a dear friend. Okay. Um, but it's been like so <clears throat> cool to um, just be on the board with all of these amazing people in the industry yeah. and you know to get to know them better. Natalie is a, a dear friend now. So nice, um, very nice. Yeah. Wonderful people. Um, it is great. And, and by the way, everybody should participate in their local organizations um, because it is super helpful. Uh, the speaker list is uh, amazing. You mentioned some of them already, but David yeah. Walker is going to be speaking He's this year. Opening session this yeah. year. If you have not heard David Walker speak, you are missing out. Not yeah. only is he one of the most um sort of well-versed people in the English language I've ever heard, but he also has an English accent. So he does. there's that too. I uh, like to call him the the second best looking man in beer <laughs> when, <laughs> when I see him. He he's, has the second best hair. He has he's great hair. He's not horrible to look at. <laughs> he knows that I say that I say this of him, by the way. So. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's going to be speaking there. Uh, Vinny and Natalie both are speaking. Yep. Um, Ken Grossman. Ken Grossman. Speaking. I mean, yeah. Ken Grossman, who... Mm-hmm. None of us would be here without Ken Grossman. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, you get to hear Ken Grossman, which is pretty cool. I'd buy your ticket. Like, we should stop now. And just if, if you need another <laughs> reason to get a ticket to the to this summit, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, I think my old friend uh, Dougie from, I call him Dougie still, Doug from uh, Society is speaking. And yes. he's on the board with y'all. He is on the board. He was just reelected to the board. Yeah. Nice. He's a smart guy. I make fun of him a lot, but he's a darn smart dude. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. 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 Um, Ryan Fields from Wild Fields is going to be speaking. Yeah, I'm going to be listening to that talk. You got to so, go listen to Ryan. So yeah. I, I'm embarrassed to say I have not had one of their beers, but I've only been hearing the most they, fantastic things yeah, about I've, their beers. I honestly haven't either. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've been we, hearing amazing things about their beers. We yep. carry their beer here as much as we can. Um, but he's recently... He's been taking the award ceremonies by storm. Yep. He got something like three gold medals in the World Beer Cup. Wow. No, which got, I didn't even know got, was possible. Well, he got four, four medals. Uh, I, I don't know if they're all gold, but at like, least three of them were gold. Yeah. Wow. As what I, and I was like, has anybody ever won that many gold medals? <laughs> wow. Um, at, same at the Great American Beer Festival. Uh, so, if yeah, if you want a, a good educational seminar, you go sit in on Ryan's. Yeah. Yep. The cool thing is, there is kind of a blend of like more. Um, and, and shout out to Julian, who is on the educational committee this year, who helped mm. put together the seminars together, um, at, who has a ton of technical knowledge. Julian from Beachwood, who was on last week. Yeah. But there are a ton of technical seminars for technical brewing. <laughs> but then, you know, there's stuff about um, marketing and business and um, legislative updates, you know, all the stuff y- you want to know, basically, yeah. if you're in this industry. Or, or even if you're thinking about getting into the industry. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah. So when I I went the first year of this thing too, and and my takeaway was really that like, oh, this isn't just for people already in it. Right. I, I would have been remiss if I missed out on all the information getting into the industry. Yep. So and it's happening right here in in Sacramento, so it's easy to get to. Um, who else is on here? Oh, they didn't put my picture up. I bet David Walker said uh, they're not allowed to put my picture up on there. <laughs> David, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna talk to you. <laughs> David is the nicest guy too. Just he's so, so nice. he is so nice. Um, who did I? Oh yeah, there he is. You know who I never thought I would be interested in listening to? Bart Watson. Oh, Bart Watson. Are, are you kidding? Bart. He's amazing. Because I don't really care much about numbers and economics. I listened to him do a talk at the Great American yeah. Beer Festival. He was the most entertaining, best speaker I heard all week. He's fantastic. He's, he's wonderful. Great. Uh, he did agree to come yeah. on the show. I have to bug him about that. Oh, he did when he's uh, in town he's for got, the summit. Uh, no, just just some. Just I'll generally. have him on Zoom or whatever. Okay. I didn't. It's my fault. I haven't followed up yet. But he's speaking there, and yeah, if you don't, if you think you don't like numbers or economics, you go listen to Bart. Yep. He's yeah. so fascinating, yeah. and and also just a, I think a genius. Yeah, and he has a Bay Area. So he li- he's he's with the Brewers Association, but he mm-hmm. has a California connection. I ah. I think he's either Berkeley, Stanford, Stanford. He's somewhere around here. He went to school to get okay. all those numbers Got in his it. brain. Yeah, probably he's, Stanford, if I had to guess. I <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's really great. So the speaker list is just is just awesome. Uh, by the way, what did I say? You can go to um, CaliforniaCraftBeer.com. Yeah. Yep, sure or um, right. cacraftbeersummit.com as well. There okay. are two, two places that you can go um, pick up tickets. Yeah. And so you're not speaking this year. You're I'm just... not. I have spoken in the past, but okay. I, will, I'm do, I am doing some, some speaker introductions. Oh, very nice. Um, this yeah. year, but I'm not, I will not be speaking this year. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, there's uh, some cool social events happening all around it. Yep. So I can't go the whole week, but I am not missing Monday um, because there's a bunch of cool events. There's one at Drake's, Drake's. Barn, mm-hmm. which I'm excited about. Have you been there and before? I have. Yeah, that's uh, a cool location. That's yeah, very cool. It's I'm, it's another one I'm jealous of. I yeah. told you I'm a very yeah. jealous person. Yeah, it's very, I mean, the architecture, it's like just mm-hmm. architecturally stunning. Yeah. And so, and I, I know John Martin, yes. who's the, and uh, really, really f- fond of him. I look up I'm, to him. I'm, yeah. He's like, I'm he right did, there with you. I always say this. He's, he's the mentor. He doesn't know he's my mentor, but he has been. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, he opens that place. I read about it. And my first thought is, you're insane. That place is too big and too, that's not going to work. And I, that was immediately followed by jealousy when I realized John's smarter than I am yeah. and everything he touches seems to work. John's smarter than all of us. <laughs> <I think he laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, just merged with, just bought uh, Bear, Bear Republic. Republic. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was just another smart move. I have a great move. story about John Martin. When we were first getting started with our one fermenter, not kidding. Mm. One fermenter. Um, one fermenter. <laughs> um, we visited John Martin. We knew him just socially and just sort of through beer because we were just, you know, always around beer. And um, he took us to his warehouse and he let us borrow three Grundies wow. for as long as we needed them. He basically oh, said, wow. we're not using these. They're in my warehouse. Um, just use them. I mean, and this is, uh, you know, honestly, I'm like getting teared up about it. This is like what I love about the beer industry. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, it, it Use them until you're not using them anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we held on to those things for a couple of years, and then we gave them back. Ah, so nice. Yeah. So nice. I was good. When I was going to open an Oakland location, it was going to be near Drake's dealership. Yes. So I reached mm. out to John, just, you know, kind of saying, hey, what do you think? And not only did he give me his approval, he gave me so much information. Yep. He's like, you really mm. need to think about this and this, and that you need to talk to this person, and was so... Um, 
Although then I didn't do it. Maybe that was his plan all along to stop me from. <laughs> no, no, no I'm kidding. No, he was so open. No, he's so and, open. Yeah. yeah, no, he's so he he loves this industry and he loves the people in it. And he's always been like like a mentor. I think you is the word that you used. And he really has been a mentor. I think to a lot of people in this industry. Yes. So drink Drake's beer too, because the drink Drake's beer. Drink that's Drake's right. beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go to the barn, and then there's like another after party after that, which is my jam. I love after parties. After after after, yeah. but after. not. Not the not the after after where we end up in a hotel room until four a.m. with ten drunk people. <laughs> no. Teresa, more than like legit after party where you still you know you go back to bed at midnight yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, you can still Uber yeah. home and still, like right, yeah. like yeah, yeah, you're not in too much trouble. Yeah, yeah, the um, yeah, that Drake's party is gonna be rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just such a cool cool spot. Yeah. There's food there too, I think too. So yes. there is food. Yeah, I, like I take notes every time I go there because their patio is just so amazing and it's even amazing when it's 100 degrees in Sacramento because they've got like all these microclimates going on like yes. they have the best sprayers in the world like I don't mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of jealousy too yeah, yeah. Don't, you're <laughs> not alone spot. in your jealousy it's a cool spot, <laughs> a great spot. <laughs> well go to com and check it out come join us hang out with us at the after things do the educational seminars and uh, make yourselves uh, better brewers and better citizens of the brewing uh, industry yep. too um, okay. Well, here's what I think we're going to do. We're going to take another quick break okay. here because uh, we've got actually we have two or three more beers to try next. Okay. Um, and then I want to, if you're up for it, mm-hmm. I want to play my new random question game. It's not really a game. Just random questions so we can get to know you outside of beer. Are you down? Yeah. I mean, just be nice. I'll <laughs> be nice. Shit, yeah. we, have a beer called, we have a beer called Bernice. It's like our flagship Saison, Saison Bernice. And we have a shirt where we black out the R. So it's just be nice. Be nice. Uh, <laughs> Very yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. I will be nice. I, most, be nice. Most guests I don't make that promise to, but I'll promise you. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, but Teresa, I might, like, I might make you play along too. I can't wait. Okay. All right. Hang in there. You're listening to the session and we'll be right back with more from Adair. Welcome back to the session. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We are still speaking with Adair and having a very nice time, if I don't say so myself. I I agree. I second. Enjoying some good beer. Um, Saw some people out at the bar who showed up, I think, just for a chance to meet you or taste your beer, Adair. I just saw that. So it's always nice to see people come out on a Monday in the restaurant bar industry, isn't it? So this show has done. Sometimes you get industry people though, which is pretty fun because you know a lot of restaurants are closed on Mondays. Yeah. So Mondays are one of those nights that are either like really dead or you have like a bunch of really cool, fun people hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the couple of beers in our glass, and then we'll have some fun with the with the random questions. Um, Okay. We'll start with your IPA, though, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. So I brought 8 through 1 IPA, which um, is, we've been making this beer um, for almost 11 mm-hmm. years now. So since you opened, basically? Since we opened. This yeah. is one of the, I said we had four beers on the board when we opened. This was one of them. Okay. Um, this, um, so old school West Coast IPA. Um, we have tweaked the hot profile a little bit over the years to make it slightly more palatable for today's drinker sure yeah um so we've pulled back on the columbus that um columbus was sort of the star of this and we've pulled back on that and um a little bit it's still it's still definitely in there um but i i think this bat one of the reasons i brought it is i think this batch of 831 um is 
so good. It's delicious. It's delicious. Um, again, I'm a West Coast IPA <clears throat> fan. This yeah. is like traditional West Coast IPA. C- uh, Citrus, Simcoe, Centennial, and Columbus. Okay. Um, and you backed off on the we, Columbus, we, you we, said? We, yeah, we ba- we, it was much more Columbus heavy. So it had a little bit so more of that up- onion okay. um, mm-hmm. character, which honestly, I really like. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm one of the few people who like Summit Hops. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but the today's beer drinker doesn't seem that interested in that flavor no, profile. No, but you're the the old school uh, brewers, uh, and yeah. I, I won't call myself a brewer, but I'm in this class. Yes. Yeah, that onion garlic thing. Yes. Like, um, who is he? Uh, Jeremy from Lagunitas has come on here, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we're the brewery that the farms call when they left it on the vine too long because yes. they know we want the onion and the garlic yeah. and the whatever." Yeah. Yeah, I like I like those flavors, but I know everybody you know now is a little bit more citrus yeah. um, focused. Yeah. This still has a lot of that sort mm-hmm. of pungent hop character from it. I mean, it's, this tastes like an old school IPA to me. Mm. Um, oh, it's it's totally my thing too. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a beer that has the exact same hop profile, probably doesn't taste anything the same but like i just i could sit here and smell this all yeah, the me yeah me too me too sort <laughs> of danky yeah um mm-hmm. but it's not the malt profile's not old school ipa it's not like a, a ton of crystal and stuff no 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 it's not that old school yeah okay no um we definitely it's again school it's mid school um mm-hmm. it did have some c40 and <laughs> it. it just still does a little bit but we've definitely backed off that on that a little bit too okay. just as palettes have um as palettes have changed sure. a little bit. Yeah. But I bet this is super popular up in Capitola. It is pretty popular. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's our most popular IPA. Again, people tend to want that um, cit- more citrusy profile. So yeah, this yeah. is, I mean, it's popular for people who, for people who love this beer, they love this beer. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's the, the newer sort of drinker who comes in, who's like, what hazy do you have on draft? Yeah. This is not something that we would point them to. Sure. Um, because it would not, they would not like it very much. And and then this is in cans. It's in cans. It's um, what else are you guys putting in cans? We put a lot of stuff in cans now, um, and that is a that is uh, because of the pandemic. Honestly, um, shout out to the can van. We are not large enough to have a canning line, mm. um, so they come every other week down to our place. Um, and one of the first things that happened, so we had just started canning a little bit before the pandemic. When I heard the world was shutting down, um, one of the first things we did was we got the cam van scheduled every week for a year. Oh, wow. For all of 2020. That's amazing. We were basically like, this is like, they're going to book up. Um, We need a way to sell beer. And so we need to lock in dates. So they were coming down every Tuesday during the pandemic because we were only selling beer in cans and bottles, right? Right. Because we were selling it to go. So... um, we started. We we just turned one hundred percent to canning during that time period. So we have a lot of brands that are in cans now. We we don't keep them around all the time. We kind of rotate through. Again, we're we're canning every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the way because because of the way that timing works out, you know, the the tank management on that is sort of complicated, right? Because you have to have we're usually canning four brands at a time. So you you're holding up four tanks for this one canning date because yeah. you don't have your own canning line. Yeah, type of a thing. So it's not ideal. Yeah. Um. But it's been good. It's been it's got been really through. good for us, and it got us through. And so we just kept doing it. Just we just sort of backed off. Obviously, we're not doing it every week now, but we backed off a little bit um, yeah. from the canning. But it's great, you know. I I, I think pre pandemic, people were still getting growlers filled. Nobody nobody. I mean, we still fulfill them for you, but yeah, it's the the growler culture is sort of gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and cans sort of became the the way people take beer home with them now. So it's you know, true. people come, they want to have a beer there, and then they want to take beer home with them, and this is how they can do it. Yeah, I always thought that the 
the growler culture was going to be like a game changer when when during the pandemic they allowed non-manufacturers me yep to so, sell growlers yeah i was like oh now this is going to be great and if they let us do it after yep. boy is it going to be great like for us nope nope uh we definitely went through a ton of growlers during yep. the pandemic but it died off re- even before the pandemic was over. Like the very first opening. We like, yeah, you know how we open and shut open like that. Um, we still occasionally get a random person asking us for growlers, but just not much. Yeah. I mean, we still get we still have and they're kind of old school people. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are homebrewers. You know, that's just sort of I mean, I had growlers. I mean, you, you coll- I would collect them from the mm. different breweries oh, yeah. I went to. I don't know how I've thrown I away them crates in my apartments. of growlers. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'll probably regret that one day. I'm guessing Russian Universal <laughs> sells a bunch of growlers. You're right. Yeah, they yeah, must. Because I still see them yeah. there. So they must sell a ton of them. And again, we keep them around. We keep them in stock. If you want to buy one, we have them. If you bring your own, we'll fill it for you. Nice. Yeah. But um, it, it's definitely that's another thing that the pandemic changed was growler culture yeah, yeah yeah well and i didn't know so even though we buy your beer from time to time yes. uh, i would drive out but we were always getting kegs i'm not our buyer so he knows better than me but right. i didn't know you were doing so much in cans and yep. now that i do and now that i can get it in oakland you can get it in oakland i think we'll be getting more sante cans here you can get it in oakland yeah yeah, yeah. we're doing we, again for, we do usually four brands every other week and we try to okay. kind of keep the the styles um, you know, we, don't, we try not to do like four IPAs at a time. You know, usually there's an IPA, a lager. Um, sometimes there's a hazy IPA and a and a West Coast IPA. So we might do two IPAs, um, but we do try to keep it the styles kind of wrote. So the, every time every time we're putting out something new, there's kind of a mix of beer styles that Great. you're getting in cans. And yeah. are you planning to do more distribution with with that? Possibly. It depends. Okay. I mean, right now we're self-distributing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple. We have a van. We have a. We just bought a truck at the end of last year. Um, I have a great delivery guy. I have a new um, wholesale manager, Zane, who you guys have He's been the one working who helped with. Us out. Yep. Yeah, that was again. That was an employee I lost during the pandemic. Was my uh, wholesale guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had Rudy Kuhn, who had worked for Lagunitas forever. You may have yeah, known him. Rudy yeah. was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I didn't wasn't distributing beer, so I. I I lost him during the pandemic, and so we're just sort of rebuilding that part of the business. We, we've, I feel like we've rebuilt the taproom piece of it, and we're just sort of rebuilding that um, distribution part of the business. So okay. if we needed to distribute further, like right now, we're basically selling all the beer that we make. So um, if there was a desire for pe- more people to buy beer, we pro- could probably make a little bit more and distribute it a little bit further. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll help with that. We'll promote great. more. Yeah. Great. It'd be great to get more beer out. Great. Um, okay. And then the last beer we have, mm-hmm. uh, this one we have on draft here at the Hop Grenade, and we probably will for the next week-ish, maybe yeah. less. It's a big beer. Um, but yeah, so this one's an Imperial Stout. An Imperial Stout, no oak. Will to appease, mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Will yeah. to appease. This is a newer beer for us. Um, this is, we have a new head brewer, Drew. Okay. Um, who's fantastic. He is actually off to hop selection in... Hmm. New Zealand tonight. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Slightly jealous. Yeah, lucky him. Mm-hmm, lucky him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's going to New Zealand. Um, th- but this was this was sort of his brainchild. He um, he is certainly, definitely interested in, we've always made barley wines and imperial stouts, but I think they're more interesting to him than some of the other people we've had around. And so we're definitely doing more of those than we did previously. Okay. Um and um, so, yeah, this the, one of the things we're doing um, is we're doing a we're brewing a lot of imperial stouts, barley wines, bigger beers, and we're serving some fresh, and then we're sending some into um, 
spirit barrels. Okay. Yep. Oh, cool. So to age. Yeah. Yep. To age. But this one's non-barrel. This is out of this stainless. This is not barrel. This is all mm-hmm. stainless. Yeah. But part Very of it nice. went to a barrel. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very cool. How would you describe this beer? I would describe this beer as um, it's it's almost imperial porter flavoring in that there's more chocolate than I think you get sort of a roasted barley flavor. Mm-hmm. To me, I prefer that. Um, sometimes too much roasted barley for me can taste sort of acrid mm-hmm. or burnt. Um, so uh, I get more of kind of a round chocolatey vibe from this beer. I was going to say the same thing, that uh, it, which sometimes you can get um, you know from barrels too, but since it's not in the barrel. Um, but yeah, I was thinking uh, some chocolate, tiny Tiny hint of coconut. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, it's sort of bright on the back end. In, mm-hmm. in an in a like it finishes pretty dry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of residual sweetness. Yeah, um, which is nice. Which I like. Again, sort of more old school. I'm not a big fan of. Well, it's eleven. Sweet. It's almost twelve. Almost twelve percent. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so super smooth, mm-hmm. but also like it's the oh, on the balance, it's a little sweeter rather than. Um, Bitter. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't have bitterness, but it's nope. balanced and dry, so it's still drinkable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost too drinkable. Yeah. For twelve percent, <laughs> yeah. Twelve percent. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have <laughs> I would I would have said like nine, nine yeah. and a half. Yeah. So yeah. It's a big the, but it's big, it's bold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unctuous. I feel like it has good mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Unctuous. Um, it's a good mm-hmm. what a good descriptor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. open a brewery called Unctuous. Unctuous. Yeah. yeah. That's a good word. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, it is, yeah. It's, well, it, it is bold, but the fact that it dries out, like you said, and dissipates makes that just fine. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel like you're, it's sort of heavy. There's no heaviness on the palate that you're left with. Yeah. 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 Well, I, and let me ask you, both of you, this question as the, as the brewers in the room, um, do the variety of hops matter in a beer like this, or are you just looking for alpha acid of, of any kind? I would say no, yep. because the hop flavor doesn't really carry doesn't. over. It's just a, a bitterness yep. that you're looking for. Because I, I think, yeah, because I think I've I, I, when, I, when I was asking questions about the beer, I was thinking I don't know that I've ever asked a hops question about a beer like this, yep. which led me to think, yeah, maybe they just don't. So you're just you know Magnum, like whatever has alpha. Yep. In a in a beer like this, I would say if you have a dry Irish stout or something, mm. like you should use EKG so it comes through as being authentic. Mm. But like mm-hmm. this kind of beer, it's an imperial, it's so buried. Yeah, I know. It's hard some, to tell. I know somebody who uh, brews their beers at another facility, um, and when they brew big, when they brew stouts and things, they just sort of use whatever the, is on hand that will kind of get them the bittering profile that they're looking for. It does, okay. They don't... It makes sense. Yeah. And in fact, you'd probably, if anything, you just want to choose a toned down hop. Yes. Like you're not, you don't want to yeah, go for your no, Simcoe. No. No. Yeah. Like it wouldn't make any sense to do so because like even if you chose something that was like fancy, yeah. like you wouldn't, you wouldn't really know. Okay. I mean, well, yeah. I, I would not know. I, yeah, I can't yeah. say there's not a person in the world who might know, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, if you hop these too much, too, with something like that, it's not going to taste very good. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. tropical. Right. Well, and that's tropical what I meant. Like, is if you if you got like some of those hops chocolate. that are, like, catty or diesel yeah. it actually might ruin the beer. It, yeah, it wouldn't, yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't taste good. very good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this is delicious. And as you said, a little too delicious. A little too delicious. Yeah, this might be my, (laughs) this might be my nightcap beer while it's still on tap here. We'll see. Yeah. 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 The nice thing is once it'll, I mean, once it warms up, it'll honestly probably taste even better. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 I think, I feel like with all these beers, like room temperature, like we're like cellar, like wine cellar temperatures. Okay. Almost even better. Yeah. 40s. Is that like high 40s? High 40s, low 50s. Yeah. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. That's great beer. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it is lovely. All right, real quick before we dive into my new fun segment. Oh, fun. Um, uh, hey, I just want to let you all know that watermelon wheat is back at the Twenty First Amendment. That's right. Uh, the 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 last beer is gone, and the watermelon wheat is back. So go check it out. And I just saw that they have expanded hours at the San Leandro Tap Room. So uh, go to Twenty First Amendment dot com, Twenty First Dash Amendment dot com. Check them out. They'll also be at Spring Brews Fest. So you're going to want to come hang out and drink their beer there but yeah it's always a sign that this weather is going to leave I really need it to leave I in know, about yes. a week just um, up, <laughs> and weather. watermelon wheat is like bringing in the spring and the summer but I swear Adair I have until the 25th this this festival 25th is pretty good usually but you know my birthday was like a week or two ago and usually by my birthday things are starting to turn yeah yeah no, not this year it hasn't happened no it hasn't and happened and look at I'm trying to be a good Californian you know we yeah, need we, it yeah. uh, fine but I just I'm just asking for one day yeah, I, I think that that's fair <laughs> okay yeah it's totally that fair that's fair yeah I, I'm yeah. gonna doubly ask because we have a wedding at the brewery <laughs> oh gosh on that oh, same freaking day do you yeah oh, I swear no. to god <laughs> I'm like what the fuck uh, <laughs> yeah yeah well Rainbow supposedly way. it's good luck if it rains I, on your wedding I, I oh, heard these I've heard this pers- okay, oh it is right. I've heard these things I will personally yeah. run around with an umbrella over your head mm-hmm. if you come mm-hmm. to Spring Brews Fest mm-hmm. and it yep. rains we can hang. Well, where it's happening, rain or shine, yes. I just really want shine. Yeah. Shine yeah. would be good. All right. Let's play some random questions, okay. shall we? Shoot. Okay. <clears throat> we'll start. What are you super into mm-hmm. that nobody really knows about you? Like, it's not public knowledge that you're into this hobby or type of movie or I don't know what. Do you have a super into thing that's kind of... I do, but I think that I'm so... I, I mean, I kind of wear things like on my sleeve or you know, I'm... I'm, I'm I, bleh. Yeah, it's all um, out there, yeah. So it's like it's mostly out there. Um, I'm like a crazy dog lady. Okay. Ah. Like really a crazy dog lady. So my staff, if they're listening to this, are like cracking up because they know exactly <laughs> that this what this is all about. Like you have 10 or just that no. you love them so much? No, I, okay. so I, love, I, I would have 10, but I have a crazy dog who... Um, is a bitch. Okay. I love her very much, but she would, she just cannot, we cannot, yeah, she cannot have other dogs, but I do volunteer uh, at the animal shelter. Oh, nice. Um, okay. So I give them four-ish hours a week, usually of my time, sometimes more, and wow. I do a lot of fundraising for them as well. What kind of dog is she? So my dog is like a shepherd, pit bull, mm-hmm. cattle dog, crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I adore her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really into dogs okay. and just animals generally we just got um speaking of we just got some barn cats from the shelter yesterday so the shelter catches feral cats out in the wild fixes them wow but they're wild cats like these are not cats that want to sit on your lap and cuddle but they're great for brewery cats Heck oh, yeah yeah so i just brought home a cu- or brought to the brewery yesterday a couple of feral i have to keep them in a cage i guess for a few weeks so they get acclimated okay um, yeah 
But we have brewery cats now. I'm really excited. So staff is having a really fun time. We're trying to think of names for them. I was oh, like, Saison awesome. and Stout. Or like, what are we going to call these cats? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. All right. Teresa, do you have a, a weird thing that no one knows that you're All right. into? Are you like LARPing or something? No, no LARPing. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I was I was running through my list of weird things that I do, and I kind of came up with a list of weird things that I will get back to one day because I'm just too friggin' busy right now. But I'm way into fly fishing. Is that oh, right? That's yes, cool. I am. I am. I didn't way, know that. Oh, you you didn't. I didn't. Oh, that is awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I spent years like learning how to fly fish, but also learning how to. Um, Spay cast, which is the two-handed rod that you use for steelhead. Okay. And then I got so into it. The year I got pregnant with my first son, I was going to do a, a spay casting competition. Wow. Because wow. I can That's cast into it. a country mile. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm super, yeah. <laughs> I love I, this. Competitive. It sounds day, like you're pretty competitive oh, about super it. Competitive. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, a sport that I can just stand here and like yeah. freaking do in the river. Yeah, I Love it, love it. But I haven't done a lot of it in recent years. So, okay. yeah. But, but it's on your list to get back to, it I'm is, sure. And yeah. there's a whole thing. Like, there, it's, I mean, my other thing is Volkswagens. I think we, yeah, talk, we yeah. did talk about this. But, like, there's, like, as much as the Brewing Network is <laughs> a thing, there is, like, the spay casting network. Wow. In, in I life. And like, yeah, I totally believe it. Amazing. Super fun. So yeah, that's okay. my thing. That's really cool. That is a cool like, one. I, I mean, pretty yeah. badass. Actually. Well, I would, yeah. I would love to just take somebody and be like, Hey, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, if you could retire wealthy tomorrow, mm-hmm. where would you live? You know, honestly, I think I would live where I live. I know that sounds kind of boring. Do you live in Capitola? No, I yeah. live in Santa Cruz. I might oh, yeah. go get some land because okay. I'd probably start a dog rescue. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I yeah. told you I'm a crazy dog lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would take all that money yeah. and I would get a big piece of land and then I would fill it with dogs okay. that are in, at risk of being euthanized Amazing. somewhere. Literally, that would be that. that is 100% what I would do. That's um, fair. But I, I, lo- I love where I live. Not this year so much. Sorry, winter. I don't like you very much this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I love where we live. I mean, I think that, you know, we're not... It's, it's Santa Cruz is weird. It's like kind of not the Bay Area, kind of not the Central Coast. We're kind of in this totally. no man's land. And, and sometimes people want to claim us and sometimes they don't. Um, <laughs> right. But I feel like I'm close enough to nature. Mm-hmm. Like I've got nature really close to me. But then I have big, I, you know, I've got the city or, you know, Oakland or I've got big city really close to me too. So I feel like I'm literally equidistance between San Francisco and Big Sur. Okay, that's um, pretty good. So that's a pretty good place to be. Yep. Um, and and honestly, I have a really amazing um, group of friends and a great community there. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like as we get older, that's really important. Absolutely. That's yeah. a legit answer. And by yeah. the way, I wouldn't move much farther than I'm at either. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't uh, be living specifically in a driveway in my RV, but I would yeah. be in the, in in the, the greater vicinity. Bay Area. Yeah. 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 Teresa, retire wealthy. Okay. Um, but you only have till tomorrow to decide. So I'm going to have... I, can I have two houses? Because yeah, sure. I can put one in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Love Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. The other one, Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. Oh, great wow. Too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You've been. That, that's, I went. That's not just from postcards. Okay. I went last year about this time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah I remember was, that. It was super rad. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. 
I think I might already have an answer to this one. But before you discovered brewing, yeah, what was your dream profession? Like, I don't know, when you're a teenager or in okay, college. Okay, when I was really young, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. You did? Yes. Well, Now, I did not play baseball on any team. Okay. But I just thought baseball was rad. Do you still love baseball? And, no? you know, not really. Okay, yeah. But I did follow it as a kid, and I thought it was so cool. And, and there, were, there were not, and still really aren't, women baseball players. Yeah. And so I wanted to be the first woman. It's funny. I guess I had these, like, ambitious, like, dreams of being the first or something. I wanted yeah. to be the first woman baseball player. I had a mitt and a ball. Yeah. That was it. (laughs) I love this answer. It's going to take a while for someone to top this answer for me. I think that's a great answer. That was it. First professional woman baseball player. Okay. Yeah, that was my like childhood, what I was going to be. When I actually had to think about what I wanted to be, honestly, it kind of took a while. I kind of bounced around um, and, you know, tried a number of different things before I landed on going to law school, which honestly okay, was yeah. really the, probably the right thing for my the way my brain works. Okay. Um, but yeah, professional baseball player would have been pretty cool. And honestly, yes. there still isn't the first woman professional baseball no, player. No, we've just barely gotten right? to first woman coaches. Right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and that was, you know, I'm not a spring chicken. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, no, that's got to change. Yeah. I love this. If I was going to do a dare trivia or your speaker introduction, for example, yeah. I would throw this you tidbit throw this in there. there yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. No, I used to follow the stats in the newspaper. <laughs> okay. Because there was no internet back then. Yeah. yeah. So I would, you know, track all the all the teams. <laughs> yes, I mm-hmm. love this. In the newspaper. In even. the newspaper. Um, are you into music at all? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then in your opinion, who's the best band in the world? And it could be past or present, just but in the, the greatest ever. Oh, that's so hard. I know. That's a really hard one. And I'm sort of biased because one of the bands I really like is because I am like have the biggest crush on the lead singer. So I'm not sure if I'm okay. like being really rational about the whole thing. That's okay. Okay, TV on the radio. Oh, is that right? I have the biggest crush on the lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. These are all reasons. These count. are fair. No, yeah. but if I were like really like musically, um, <clears throat> my partner listens to a lot of like 60s and 70s jazz and funk, which I've really gotten into and, and didn't um, know a lot about. And so I listen to a lot of that. Um, now, yeah, but you know, before that, you know, I grew up in San Diego, so mm-hmm. um, okay. I actually just got the um, new pressing of the Three Mile Pilot album. I don't know how familiar you are with Three Mile Pilot. They were mm-hmm. a San Diego band from like the early '90s, so that's kind of I came up in kind of that San Diego grungy. Okay, you know, San Diego was try- kind of trying to compete with Seattle at the time for I being. See. Uh, a, a grungy capital, so I kind of came up to the like alternative music. Yeah, so did I. Um, okay, scene stuff. All right. Yeah, Teresa, do you have a best band in the world? Oh man, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you look like you're embarrassed about it. I am. Well, a little <laughs> because it's not. It's super mainstream, but like mm-hmm. Pearl Jam. Oh, okay. Popped in my uh, head hey, as that's soon fine. as you said this. They're so. they're they're in my top something. Top, yeah, definitely great. top ten, maybe top five. I yeah. had a crush on Eddie Vedder too. Oh, I still have a crush on Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, okay, all right. Uh, what food, or it could even be like a like a specific dish. Could uh-huh. you not live without? I'm going to go like real bare bones and go food. 
Um, <laughs> like not even a dish. Just food. Beans. Oh, beans. really? Beans. Like You're a not staple. Up the beans. Like beans. If I were on a desert island and the only thing, and I had to pick one thing to eat, yeah, not a dish because you're on an island. You aren't going to have spices. You're not going to have right. all. That. You're not going to make a dish. Beans. <laughs> like a specific type of bean? Not, not, you don't not care? necessarily. Right. Just beans. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love is... beans. I mean, they're full of like all kinds of things that are good for you. True, yeah. Lots of fiber. Yeah. That's good for you. And they're filling. Yeah. I mean, beans are like, they just feel, they always feel good. Yeah. Um, and there are so many cool new heirloom types of beans out there. Sure. Eat. So yeah, beans. That's amazing. I know, it's sort of a, it's <laughs> That's sort okay. of a strange answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beans. <laughs> Okay, um, my partner is like laughing right now because he know, he knows. He's this like, an- yep. yeah, he knows this answer. He's yeah, like, he's probably opening a cupboard that you have yeah, full, full of, of beans, beans right now. Yeah. yeah, they had. I even like refried beans out of the can. Um, they had Amy's refried beans on sale at somewhere yeah. in Santa Cruz, and I bought like all of them. So I came home with like two bags full of refried beans. I love what are you it. gonna do with these? I was like, they're on sale. Put them in the garage. We'll eat them at some point. They last so, forever. They last forever. They're in a can. So do you make your like? Do you soak I usually the beans soak the beans and all that? And make I mean, I it's kind of a dumb question because you're a bean enthusiast. I'm a right. bean you yeah. would not <laughs> just open a can. Yeah, but I will yeah. open a can of refried beans if I have to. But yes. I, I, Amy's is my go-to. Sure. for canned beans. If we're if we're talking about canned, no, beans. I appreciate the recommendation. <laughs> well, also refried beans. That's a that's a real skill to make. I think. Yeah, I don't make refried you know? beans. Yeah, no, that's no, tough. that's like that's hard. And I'm old school about that. Like if there's no lard in those refried beans, yeah. they're not that good. Yeah, Amy. No lard. They're vegetarian beans. Oh, but, okay. So you might yeah. not like them. Yeah, yeah I got to go old school. Yeah. No, yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Ham. Like I, I love a good beans with like ham hocks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Soaked in there. Yeah. Okay. Beans and greens is like my is like my comfort food that I make when I need like if, if I'm like need to like settle in and feel cozy. Yeah. I make this dish called beans and greens. It's basically <laughs> just. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. It's um, andouille sausage. Okay. Um, Yum. Collard greens, kale. And beans, and I've made the beans, you know, like usually that morning or something. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, and a bunch of chicken broth, and you just like you have to do it in stages, but you cook that all together with a bunch of spices and paprika and cumin. And oh, it sounds hot delicious! Stuff, and it's just like this big bowl of slop that is delicious. <laughs> oh what my kind gosh. of beans? You can you can one. switch it up. Um, okay. Pinquitos are very forgiving beans, okay. so if you overcook your pinquitos, they'll hold together pretty well. Okay. But you need something that's going to hold together pretty well because usually you have one, it, like at least one or two more days of beans and greens servings. Okay. So you need a bean that's not going to fall apart in your refrigerator. Got it. When, when you're storing them. I might need this recipe. It <laughs> it's, it's not a recipe. It's just like you just throw <laughs> you, you this. You just gave it to you me. You just yeah. do it in stages and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so good. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, if you could be any other person for one day, who would it be? Can they be dead or yep, like totally? Yeah. Person? I mean, yeah, we can defy the laws of physics. Why not? Yeah. Um. This might sound sort of generic, but it's not really coming from my background. Um, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So you know, I used to practice law, like you said, mm. and part of me did really want to be a judge and and civil rights and sort of, you know, again, wanting to be the first woman baseball player and sort of advancing people's rights was always very important to me in that regard. And so, um, yeah, she she was a badass. That's a great pick. There's nothing generic about that. Yeah. She was a total badass. She was a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, Teresa. Oh, man. 
one this person is a killer actually um uh <clears throat> i think i would be i think i would be my daughter for a day oh, oh. that is so cool so i could understand her really well yeah but yeah. then like peace i i want the ability like, to out. peace out if <laughs> There is some disturbing information that comes to light. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be a teenager. So one day is good, right? Like one day, but also like with a, no, I I don't need a filter. Just full on. Just one day. Yeah. Yeah, Just one day. That's a great answer too. Yeah. I like that. Being a teenager was hard enough that one time though. Oh man. Oh my gosh. I, I remember like, so I had, I had a great teacher in high school at the Starsky's. I had Mr. Starsky and Mrs. Starkey. I got an S there. Sorry. Sorry, Mrs. <laughs> Mr. Starkey. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, they would have us journaling. Oh, cool. Like 10 pages a day, and they would just count the pages. But you had to write about your life for like 10 pages, which was a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But it was so good because that time in your life is really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and so you had, you had the time to like process your stuff. And I, I saved these for a while, but I was like, I just, I'm afraid somebody will find this and read my 16 year old <laughs> thoughts. And I don't think I want that. Like, yeah. I'm going to save them here and we're going to let these go. <laughs> my mom found mine at one point. Oh, no. No bueno. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom would not have been happy about this information. But. Yeah, no. My nephew's 17 right now, and I just yes. said this to my oh, brother. My like, um, I always thought I'd be the the old guy who's like, ah, oh, you don't got any problems. Yeah. But he was telling me about his problems the other day, and I was like, oh god, I, that poor kid. I just, I don't, I, I don't miss that at all. I feel bad for him, even though my adult brain sees them as relatively simple to fix. I can relate to what it was like then, and I'm like, oh, that poor kid. Yep. In fact, since we're doing this with you two, I'll, the little known fact about me: I have a particular fear about um, reincarnation being true. I really don't want it to be. Not reincarnation where you can become some other thing, but okay. like the theory that um, that maybe we relive this life until we get it right. Uh, You've heard this uh, kind of yeah, spiritual yeah, yeah. theory. But not that you're it's, gonna come back as your dog, which is No, you come back like, as you, you just keep doing just this keep doing until you get again. it right, uh, and then you're allowed to move on to like another plane or whatever. I, it has a name, I don't remember what it is. Because immediately when I heard it, I became terrified, because I don't want to relive my teenage years. I was I was like yeah. absolutely not well, especially now I, with yeah. like instagrams and things yeah that we didn't oh my have to worry about yeah so it's so hard yeah it's <clears throat> super hard yeah. yeah i i mean it's it's not hard for me but i know how hard it can be for them so yeah. i'm like throwing up all the gates like let's not do any of this stuff but it's gonna lock you in your room till you graduate yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. you'll thank yeah. me later you'll thank me later yeah. now I'm, yeah. i'll lock you in the living room where i can keep my eyes on you so. <laughs> yeah it's true i got yeah. really good at sneaking out of my room yeah i was pretty good so good yeah, yeah. so good beauty of like living in the suburbs all ground floor rooms yeah i yeah. just climbed yeah. out that window yeah you know what's the best movie you've seen in the last five years Oh, I had to give years. you a little. I had to get. I had to clear. Five years is a lot because I could do a year. You could do that. Okay. I could do a year. Um, I'm going to pick two actually, and they're both kind of animal centric. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen a lot of the movies in the last year. I did see all the movies or a lot of the movies that were nominated. I thought Everything Everywhere All at Once was fantastic. Yeah, that I liked one it. The other day. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, but my favorite movies there was a Polish movie that came out called EO. 
Okay, I haven't heard of it. It's about a donkey. Okay. I mean, it's not about a donkey, but you so the story the is told through the donkey, basically. Okay. Um, and I thought that was a really well done film. Okay. Um, and then there was a documentary that was actually up for an Academy Award and didn't win, and it was called All That Breathes. And yeah. it's about two brothers in India who... Um, take these kite birds and they've st- they started this little like wildlife rescue basically in their basement with very little resources to help um, fix up these kite birds and like rescue these that birds. are endangered that are yeah so mm. it was a, um, that was a lovely I mean and not just because of the storyline which obviously um, spoke to me but the cinematography in mm. both of those films mm-hmm. was so beautiful I'll watch it then I just read about that the other day because I wanted to know who was nominated yep. and that one caught my eye so I went and read the full description it was great um, and I'm a geek about cinematography yep I can in fact I'll often have to watch movies a couple times if the cinematography is really good because I'm very distracted on that yep that I'm missing half missing, the story like, what's happening. yeah I'm just yeah. like oh did you see the way they did that scene yeah. and so yeah yeah, yeah, I actually need to watch EO again because I went to the theater. It's one of the two movies I've seen in the theater since COVID. Mm-hmm. I have not. I've only been to the movies twice. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, movie theaters. Well, that's why I gave the five year in yeah. case you had to go back. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I have, you know, obviously we watched movies at home. Um, but when I went to EO, um, whoever, the person sitting next to me had clearly forgotten about movie manners. So they talked through the entire movie. Mm. Um, and so I did miss a lot of it, but but it was it was very good what I saw. But yeah, I think good. we a lot of us lost our manners. <laughs> lost our manners. Yeah. yeah. The lost art of manners. That's yeah. a good beer name. You are, yeah. That is a great it's beer all name. Yours. We lost okay. our manners. We lost, the lost, our, the lost we manners. Lost the lost art of manners. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she literally was just like, what? what is that? Is, is that a boat? Is that a car? I mean, just oh, out no. loud to, for yeah. the whole theater to hear. So it was, it was an interesting experience to say the least. It was kind so, of a quiet film. My dad is like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I refuse to go to movies like with him. Like pre-COVID too, like this is just him. Well, yes, but there's a couple things that aren't his fault, but there's a, a lot that are his fault. So I won't go to him. Luckily, my partner will, will take him. That's good. But for one, uh, he's on oxygen. So he has to bring this little oxygen machine, mm-hmm. which is rather loud. Mm-hmm. He's also a diabetic with like a pump thing that beeps loudly every, I don't know, it seems to me like two minutes, but it's probably a little longer than that. So he has all these alarms that go off, right? Oh, uh, yep. But honestly, worse than all that, he's like the guy who's like, <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Why don't she turn around? Go, go, go. So my partner takes him to none other than A Quiet Place. Oh, dear. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? No, but I know what it's about. <laughs> okay. The movie basically takes place in complete silence. It's a quiet yeah. place. And she takes him to, and I said, what are you thinking? <laughs> and she wasn't thinking at the time. And she just, she said she just sat there so incredibly embarrassed. Oh. Uh, and I was like, oh, I will never. He needs to go to action movies, totally. right? And because I, those are loud even if you're in the theater yeah, next a door. a lot of explosions. Yeah, the Transformers like, for <laughs> having say yeah i won't even do that but I, when she told me she took him to a quiet place uh that's ridiculous uh poor guy but come on yeah. <laughs> uh okay i just i have one more and 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 we're gonna end it on beer great if that's all right yeah. um this might sound generic but i think it's important is there a beer or a brewery that inspired you the most in your in your whole path doesn't have to be just when you started but 
Just some, you know, the, and I know you're so inspired yeah. by the Belgian traditions, yep. but is there a beer or a brewery? Yep. Um, without a doubt, um, and I tell this to people all the time, I feel like Russian River has always been my North Star. Mm. Um, I feel like not only have they um, stuck, first of all, they treat their employees really well, which mm. is important to me. Yeah. Um, but they have always stuck by the quality of their beers, and they've always grown organically. So they're not chasing, um, you know, dollars, if you will. They're basically, they've always just sort of grown as they've needed to to meet the demand that they have built because their beer is so good. Yeah. Um, and they're just really nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when we were getting, before we were getting started, just when Tim was homebrewing, for instance, if, if you emailed Russian River, and I think I've heard recently that this is the same to this day, frequently Vinny will be the person who emails you back. It's a true story. Yeah, with like you, you a homebrewing question, and Vinny will email you back. Yep. Um, and and you don't get that kind of acts. You know, there aren't a lot of people who stay humble in that way that they will still um, you know, give that information out to homebrewers. So yeah. they've always kind of been my North Star that way. Like, don't follow the hype. Don't follow the, you know, whatever the, you know, this guy's doing that and, and this is the hot thing this week. And th- because they've always just sort of stuck to their, to their, to their plan or to their guns. And I don't, I don't really know how to, ex- no. to describe it. But um, so, yeah. So I've always described them as sort of my North Star. It's a, it's a great answer. Uh, to me, they, they embody a philosophy that to me goes throughout any industry and your, and your career. And that is um, go ahead and do what you do. Yeah. But do it very, very well. Yeah. Like you said, you, you know, they're not saying follow the trends to do this hype. Do the just do you. Do you? But you better but you do, do it, well. it really, really well. Yep. And that's what they've done. Yeah. And they do sort of embody. Like, you can tell how much they care about doing it well. Yes. Yeah. So I'll give you that. That's a great. Yes. A great I, I feel like they have a lot of. I mean, not like feel like I know they have a lot of integrity. Yeah. And yeah. for me. Um, as as a consumer and as a business owner, I think integrity and authenticity are sort of the t- two things that um, are the most important. And so they, yeah. they embody both of those things. I think you're right. You, you know, there there are some breweries that you could say their success is, uh, you know, either a fluke or, or a bit of luck or this or that. But most of them, I, to me, are because um, they really care about what they do. They have that level of integrity. Yep. And they always strive to do it well and better and better and better. So most yep. of us who have been around this long are actually because of that. Yep. Not because of the luck part. Not because of the yeah. luck part. The luck got us maybe going. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but to but, stick around, you really have to have yeah. um, your ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Teresa, do you have one? Yeah, I was going to pick Russian River myself. Yeah. So, you can still yeah. pick them. I'm, <laughs> I'm still picking them. I'm sticking with them. I yeah. mean, there's, there's so many breweries that I feel like have influenced us and like I look up to urban roots is definitely one of them in Sacramento mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're the way they have freely given their knowledge and help and like encouragement and recipes. And I mean, as a, as a home brewer, it was a total trip to me that you could look up what plenty the elder recipe is and brew it yourself yep. like and actually make a decent beer you know i mean that's that's just so cool yep. yeah. i mean early on when you know when when <clears throat> early early on before we started um 
Vinny was at homebrew events, he would give out wood chips with his culture mm-hmm. on them. Yeah. yeah. So that you could, and so that is definitely part of our culture somewhere. There's Amazing. a lot of stuff that's in our culture. Yeah. But that was definitely, you know, part of the, one of the building blocks. I remember that. Of our culture. That's awesome. Um, our, our wood chips from Vinny and Natalie. And, you know, the fact that they were, have been able to sort of straddle, again, this sort of mixed fermentation program and clean beers and make them both very well. Yes. Um, I think that we try to do that as well. And so, I, th- yeah, they just, they've always been an inspiration to us. For sure. Well, yes. I have three. I would have cheated on this question. You can't cheat. You know? I'd, I'd have to mention three. There's just, there's no other way. I could maybe narrow it down to two, but it's probably three. Russian River. Okay. You know, and I, uh, our careers have, have been uh, pretty close together. He was one of my first guests back in 05. Um, also, Sierra Nevada. Oh, yeah, of course. And th- so that's a given. You know, the, of course. They're, the, the fact that they're still family owned, yep. um, the way that Ken looks at, at quality control and, and quality in general, quality in my life, I, I spent a lot of time in college studying the word quality. And the, it has so many like far reaching effects in everything that you do. Again, the, the do what you do, but do it well. That's right. all based around quality and how you get to quality and the methods and the things you have to do, the skills you have to gain. So to me, Sierra Nevada like embodies that. And the third one is the 21st Amendment and specifically Sean O'Sullivan. Yeah, Sean's great. Sean O'Sullivan was absolutely what he was my very first um, sponsor that paid me any money. Um, he stood in my kitchen when my studio was in the garage and told me, you have to do something with this idea of yours. You have to keep going. This this show that you're doing is going to mean something. Like, really. And then just watching him do the same things in his business. He was the first guy I know that was doing cans. Yeah, I, you he know, was. I mean, I know he probably wasn't the very first person. Very early But when cans. he was on the can route, I was like, Sully, you're crazy i don't even know what you're thinking um but he was right he was i was anti-can when cans first started Just, yeah. yeah i mean i really was i was like this is not i don't want to drink, i want to drink my beer out of a bottle i don't want a can yeah you know um yeah so and and then i watched him enlist people that he admired to give him more ideas about how to grow his company like to get where they wanted to go and uh, so we were so close through all of that working together that he was a yeah like a real inspiration to me uh, he knows I like him a lot I don't think he knows all of this uh, because yeah watching him build the 21st Amendment to what it was I got to see him from when he was just the pub I remember the pub right you know I used to drive from Santa Cruz to go to the pub to go to the pub oh, two wow. blocks back then it was two blocks from AT&T Park yep <laughs> yeah. you know uh, now it's whatever park it is um, yeah anyway yeah I, I would not of the three Sully's not one I could have left out of that list yeah, yeah he's definitely fair. an inspirational one yeah one more one more thing about um, Sierra Nevada um, that a lot of people probably don't know they are um, really pioneers and sort of environmental stewardship. I mean, they have done a lot of work on, they have a whole sustainability program and um, they are really, you know, focused on how to be a sustainable brewery into the future given limited resources. So, I mean, yeah. that's a really cool, you know, some you know, tiny people like me, I can't, I mean, I, I can't have a sustainability <laughs> department. I have right. like 20 employees across all three locations. But um, they have, you know, really put their money where their mouth is when it comes to um, environmental sustainability, which I think is really awesome. They have. And 
like you mentioned, you know, I'm a small company, you're a small company that maybe can't afford to do that. But not only have they pioneered that, but they've, they're able to do it in a way that is profitable, yes. that increases profitability in, in some ways, right? So you do get to a point where you can do that. And they're, they are setting that example. Yep. If it wasn't profitable, maybe they'd still do some of it, but not all of it, right? right? And so when you mention that, that's what I think of too, is that they're, that's inspirational. It that's is. like, because you can look at it now and go, well, I can't yet have that. But they are proving that it can be done. Right. Yep. So, and that's important. You know, I'm a bleeding heart liberal, but I'm also a skeptic of myself. And I can't always stand here and say the utmost environmentalism is the most important thing we do. Right. No, paying your employees. Paying your employees, number one. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the, the number one. Open, <laughs> job one. And the rent. And, that's and the rent. rent and employees. Yeah, that stuff's yeah. really important. Um, real. <clears throat> but it doesn't mean that the other stuff can't be done, yep. you know, as you as you grow. Yep. You know, and I'm sure you pick small measures here and there that do fit we into do. your program. Yeah, we just start. We were sort of forced into um, side streaming all of our, um, all, you know, all of the the live products that come off of our um, tanks, hmm. um, all of our not our wastewater per se. I was trying to find a word to describe it, but um, go to our our. We, we're in a tiny little s- sewer district, hmm. and they were starting to notice build up in our drains just oh. from you know little things going down the drain so now everything gets side streamed um and we have various farmers and a fertilizer company actually who comes and picks up they they brought us a bunch of totes Perfect. we put everything in there they take it down you know, there's a ton of agriculture down in um santa cruz county and salinas valley area yeah and so they use a lot of our um runoff essentially right as fertilizing products. See, that's amazing because yep. it's a super simple step yep. that took something that was 100% waste yep. or at least being treated as it to 100% like reproductive. Yep. That's that's great. Yep. Um, yeah, and you can see that. You, you see the breweries who work with that. Those who are able to connect with farmers who take grain and things like, you know, that, that stuff can be done on a small scale. Yep. But when... Sierra Nevada put in a rail spur. Right. I was like, oh, these guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whatever. And I just, you know, I like I just I like picturing Ken in his big office sometimes just going like, what if I had my own train station? <laughs> <laughs> and not because he's greedy, but he's like, I would save on fuel. We would get so much more grain delivered. Yeah. We would all this stuff. Yeah. I just like thinking of his brain working that way. Um, that, I think that is how his brain works. Yeah. I think it's just constantly turning, yeah. you know, all the... Yeah. like that guy. All right. Well, Adair, thank you. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah. That's, we strive to do that. I appreciate you driving down. Um, big storms out there. Big Did, storms. No floods for you in Santa Cruz area? Lots of, lots of floods in Santa Cruz. Okay. I, I have not been personally affected by the floods, but a lot of people have been. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's pretty bad, and it might actually get worse tonight, unfortunately. That's what I saw. Yeah. it's um, There's a whole area of the Pajaro primarily migrant workers okay. um, who've had to been had to be evacuated it's it's pretty bad down there wow um, so the lowlands right of the of lowlands Santa, there was yeah. a levee that breached a river levee breached oh, yeah. and flooded an entire low-lying area um, so highway 1 is actually closed um, just south of Santa Cruz right now, north and south, you cannot go down to Monterey right now on Highway One. I think I saw that too. It's actually it's Monterey Island now, not it's, Monterey Peninsula. It's not quite an island, but they think it will be tomorrow because if the wow. Salinas River breaches, then mm. it will turn Monterey into an island. Oh essentially. my gosh! Yeah, gosh. yeah, it's pretty bad. We've we've gotten the yeah. the 
sort of eye of every atmospheric river that has come through since January. So people are just sort of hunkering down. And, um, you know, thankfully, our brewery is up on higher ground and my house is on higher ground. And I haven't had any employees who are severely affected. Some people have lost power and had a lot of inconveniences. Sure. But no one's had to evacuate or lost their home or anything. So that's good. It's been gnarly. It's been gnarly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) Fires one year and then this. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a super strong fire season. We didn't. So something had to happen. Something had to happen. (laughs) Yeah. I joked too, like during the pandemic, because everything, it kept being like something else, right? Something else. I was like, what are we going to have next in California? Hurricanes, that's not even possible. Yep. And now we have this. Yep. I'm close. <laughs> well, now we're getting <laughs> thunderstorms, which actually are pretty fun. But we, nev- but we yeah. never I get thunderstorms. thunderstorms. I, lo- I do, yeah. too. I love them. But yeah. they're so weird for us. They it are. weird. Yeah. yeah. Yo, and the, yeah, and of course, the last time we had thunderstorms, it started our fire season, it like the gnarliest. Our fire season. So, yeah, yeah. careful what we wish for. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for coming down to Teresa. I always love having you in the studio. Oh, my pleasure. This yeah. was especially wonderful. It's so nice to spend this time yeah, with you. Yeah, great to spend time Air. with you, Teresa. Yeah. So go to rusticales.com you can learn more uh, you can read about their story which we talked a little bit about today but you can read more if you want uh, you can find out about their three locations I've only been to one so I gotta get to work myself you gotta get to work yeah I gotta get on that uh, bar train and head down to Oakland yeah. at least that um, so yeah go to rusticales.com learn more about Sante where you can get their beer and all of those things uh, as I mentioned go to californiacraftbeer.com get your tickets to the California Craft Beer Summit and then you can hang out with us uh, you should also get your tickets to Spring Brews Festival go to thebrewingnetwork.com it's coming up on March 25th rain or shine 60 breweries 8 uh, different food trucks it'll be super fun um, up next on the show next episode I have uh JC from Trillium Brewing Company's coming on. Ooh. I couldn't get him to drive out here, so he's a uh, pretty long drive <laughs> from yeah. Boston. Yeah, so he's going yeah. to uh, he's going to be on Zoom with me, but I'm excited nonetheless. Um, we got his beer here, though. He did ship out beer. He so. makes great beer. He really does. Yeah. So we've got Trillium on tap here at the Hop Grenade. Come on out and check it out. And that's about it for us. Thanks for hanging in there. We'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves and your beer. The Session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewingnetwork. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com.